I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Your name? Yeah, it starts something like that, doesn't it? Hi, I am Addie. And I am Kat, and you are listening to Club Dead, the number one Australian true blood podcast. <laughs> the only Australian true blood rewatch podcast. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's why we're we're number one. We're number one. Yeah, we're, we're, we're number, number one. We're number one and still competing for last place. <laughs> Third place at least. <laughs> um, so this week has been interesting because we're. I think we're in like the ma- maniacal stage of lockdown. Yeah, it's we're unhinged. Um, yeah, things have things have been interesting. Um, the episode previous to this month was supposed to go up. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, but it just hasn't. Um, I just, I forgot about it, to be honest. I was like, it doesn't, it, it's magic. It does it itself. So for what it's worth, we both probably, like Kat is getting a diagnosis for ADHD. I probably have ADD or ADHD. Um, we both live in that sort of area where if, if we can't see it, it doesn't exist. Thank you, object <laughs> permanence. Um, yeah, exactly. It. It's great. It's fuck yeah. yeah. We both have the object permanence of like a three-year-old. <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, and COVID in our area is just kind of continuing to get worse. So yeah. But to our credit, we do continue to attempt to make this podcast. We, we do. We tried to do it this week, um, but cats. My internet had a moment and then my grandma who is in the community facebook group for my area uh discovered that optus is just having service issues because they're putting in new nbn cables oh lovely in like across the road from my house so i should have seen it so i went ahead and ordered a new modem thinking it was my modem and it's not but it doesn't matter i get a new modem so you get a new modem so it's fine yeah i don't know about that (laughs) and just yeah just like we're as always, we're just struggling with our mental health and stuff like that. So this is a nice way for us to decompress and hang out yeah. and talk shit. Um, so I have a talk- confession to make. What's your confession? Um, yesterday I rang my sister and I told her instead of saying hello on the phone, my first words to her were, "I think I make com- I might commit homicide." <laughs> Honestly, understandable. And she was like, "Oh, me too." And I was like, okay, we're on the same page, sweet. Cool, cool, But cool, I was cool. talking about murdering our grandmother. She was just talking about murdering anybody. <laughs> okay, I can't figure out which one of those is worse. <laughs> oh, it's because, you okay. have a desi- You have a designated target. Your sister's just going for random people. <laughs> Someone's going to cop a homicidal rage and I feel sorry for them. Yeah. Uh, it was because, um, like, I don't know what happened, but... Uh, my grandma likes to come out and speak to me while I'm watching television. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can you just give me five seconds so I can pause this? And then, but she won't wait for me to pause it. I'm like, I can't, dude, I can't, I can't focus. Like, I'm either going to be watching the show and ignoring you, or I'm going to be missing my show and talking to you. It's, it's going to be the former. One or the other, yeah. It's going to be the former. I'm going to ignore you and you're going to think I hate you. And that's not the case at all, but I can't do two things at once. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, so uh, she just made me really angry. I have um, a lot of emotional dysregulation issues, so I get incredibly, I get, like, infuriated, like, to the point where I cry because I'm so angry. Oh, same. I'm one of those people who, like, cries at the drop of a hat about 
absolutely nothing. Oh, that's not me. I think um, we've talked about this on the podcast that I'm we've not either a talked, We've <laughs> either talked about it on the podcast or just in general. I, my, the fact I am crying is not a reflection of how I am feeling. Yes. Yeah. Um, I am crying because I am happy, because I am sad, because I am angry, because it is a day that ends in Y. <laughs> if I call my dad crying, he knows I'm angry. And he's like, uh-oh, what's happened? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. shit. But my therapist said, just have a cold shower and shock your body back into, like, being, like, lizard brain. And I'm like, that's such a good idea. But no, then see, I, when I'm I, in lizard brain, I don't remember to do that. <laughs> I think the reason that I cry so often is because I am lizard brained. Um... So my my coping mechanism used to be sit in the bottom of a hot shower and cry and drink. Yes. Um, I am 62 days sober now. Fantastic. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. I hate it. All I want to do is get drunk. No. Um, which is, I which don't is, drink ever. Which it's, is probably a we have gotten drunk on this podcast before. That was don't. the last time I've gotten drunk. <laughs> don't, don't come at me with those lies. <laughs> I um, mean, like, oh, I did have... Because I have a special type of wine. I only drink Tempranillo Red. And I found a bottle by one of my favourite wineries. And I was like, excellent. So I pour myself like this much into my glass while I cook dinner. I'm like, that's enough. That's enough. I will still be hungover tomorrow. That's enough. <laughs> also, for people who can't see Kat, she just like held her fingers together by about an inch. If that. <laughs> that's a bit too much. She's, that's going she's, crazy she's, now. She's, Cat's cat's doing shots of wine. That's it. That's a, a shot glass of wine is enough for me. I um I have a very low tolerance to alcohol, uh, especially wine. So see, I can't. I'm gonna yawn. It is. It's been a, excuse me, ma'am. It is seven p.m. Yep, and I have an hour until my bedtime. Oh, okay. Eight p.m. <laughs> to bedtime. I'm so jealous. I wish I could get myself into bed at that time. No, see, I'll sit in bed, doom scroll until about two o'clock in the morning because I will absolutely not be able to fall asleep. Just take an antihistamine and knock yourself the fuck out. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I was thinking about doing it, but I have to be up for like a 10 a.m. recording and I was like, I don't want to be groggy, so maybe not. Could be fun. Could be fun, but I do need to write my podcast episode notes. And I'm only halfway Um, through the movie and I'm just like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh. So anyway, anyway, to talk about True Blood, we're on to season two. How we exciting. We're on to season two. We're on to the good season. We're on to um, the excellent season. Yeah, this is this is, this is is where True Blood peaks. <laughs> it, peaks <laughs> it peaks early. It peaked. It's like it performed really well and then just. It just she, she peaked early, that one. Yeah. Oops. So this is season two, episode one, Nothing But The Blood. Um, and the synopsis for this one that I've got from Binge, which is the way that I am uh, watching it, is it's literally just Jason spends money on a retreat to the Fellowship of the Sun. That doesn't even happen in this episode. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so I have um, the wiki, you know, when you like search the episode and it like comes up with the information on the side. Mm-hmm. I just copy and paste that. It says. Um... What does it say, Kat? <laughs> Kat what? No, so this it starts with uh, Dallas vampires employ Suki Stackhouse to use her telepathy to help find their lost companion. Suki's relationship with Bill is tested when she learns the truth about his involvement in her uncle's death, and Jason spends money on a retreat to the Fellowship of the Sun, which is kind of what I said. What happened with the Dallas vampire? Was that in this? That wasn't in this episode. I don't think so. No, it wasn't. No. Um, that's the next episode. It's definitely the next episode. So spoilers for the next episode. Dallas vampires show up. <laughs> uh, 
whoever wrote these synopses need to be fired. I'm rewriting no. them. <laughs> so the, the the money thing does happen because yes, they get the money from from Uncle Bartlett. Um, yes. Spoilers <laughs> for a little later in the episode. But it's um, just like you don't he he doesn't explicitly pay for the retreat in this episode either. No, but he like kind implied. of he kind of he kind of sees it as the sign from God. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how does this episode open? So this episode opens with Sam coming out from the back of Merlot's. He's carrying a trash bag, and he hears screaming because Suki and Tara are screaming. Um, Sam, for some reason, dumps the trash bag in his car instead of the trash, like the big trash bag thing. Not the trash bag. The weird choice. Yeah, so he's standing. He's literally standing next to a dumpster, and instead of opening the dumpster and he's like placing, <laughs> placing the trash bag into the dumpster, he opens. He runs to his car, opens the car, places the trash bag inside, closes the car, and runs. Which is dumb. But the yeah. way he the way he looks is that it's like must be Thursday. Could never get the hang of Thursdays. <laughs> Can't get the hang of Thursdays. Yeah, Sam. Sam here screaming. Must be Thursdays. Can't get the hang of Thursdays. <laughs> um, which, which is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Re- uh, Galaxy reference. If you are not familiar, beautiful. Uh, I, I love, I love that fucking series. It's so good. Have I told you about my dad's T-shirt? No. What is your dad's T-shirt? Um, he has just the number forty-two on it, and it says the meaning of life, everything in the universe. Aww. And nobody would get it unless you've seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> I love the fact that we're like four minutes into this episode and already derailed. <laughs> and we're nine minutes. I can see the counter. All right. That's, it's, it's a new I record did all right. for us. It's a new episode, <laughs> a new record for us. Um, so they run, Sam runs to the, um, to the car where this dead body has been discovered. It is the back of uh, Andy, Andy's car. Andy, Andy's car. Um, yes. Everybody's kind of screaming. Everybody's screaming. Everybody's screaming. Um, and Andy is looking over the body to discover that, one, she hasn't been strangled, so it is not uh, a victim of our recently discovered serial killer, Renee. Yeah, but instead, Marshall. Yeah, but instead her heart has been removed. Uh, and again, shout out to the special effects team that because cool. that, that cavity is gory as fuck and there's like bone as well like it's yeah got it's like a, a bone oh, cabin it's yeah so cool. it looks so good um but it is in fact miss Jeanette Ooh. and she looks horrified yeah the look on her face is cool yeah it is it is this like face of shit like she's been like it, it kind of reminds me of like what a, a Medusa would do yeah like a moment Whereas, captured in time yeah kind of thing. exactly um and Tara sees this and more screaming starts. Even more screaming. Just more screaming. Yeah, we have a, anyway, a very cool intro. <laughs> um, then it goes to uh, the, it's like a crime scene now at this point, yes. obviously. And it's now being cordoned off as a, mind, uh, as a crime scene. Yeah, and Suki is listening in to everybody's thoughts. Um, she listens in to Tara and realizes that Tara knows the victim as Tara is telling the police she's never seen this woman before. Yeah, Kenya Kenya is <laughs> interrogating her and being like, Are you sure you've never met her? And Tara's like, I ain't never seen that woman before. And Tara's like, fuck, 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 fuck. And Suki's like, oh, Tara, come on. Um, <laughs> Bud tells 
uh, well, Andy, who is still pissed as a fart, is telling Bud that the body was killed elsewhere, and Bud's like, you, you should probably go home. <laughs> like, you because, need to go. because Andy's like, uh, the body is in full rigor mortis, which is consistent with the body being killed elsewhere and being born, being placed in his car. He's like, I didn't do this. I didn't. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, off you go. Yeah. Um, but then Tara does come over to Sookie and Sam and says, I know Miss Jeanette. Like, what am I meant to tell the police? Like, that this woman gave me a fake exorcism in, like, the woods somewhere out of a, out of her caravan? Like, But it's also interesting because the last interaction that Tara had with Miss Jeanette was thrown down in some little podunk pharmacy. Yeah. 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 Um, and Mike, uh, Mike Spencer is being gentle as always, saying that you got to be careful with her because otherwise her leg is going to break off like a chicken wing. That man, how does he get here? Oh, but he's thinking it. He doesn't say it. No, he actually said because oh, he said saying, that out loud. Yeah, he said he said it out loud because he's saying it to the other coroner. He's saying it to oh, the other coroner's God. assistant. He's like, you've got to be careful die. with her. Yeah, hopefully because the other one get killed. Yeah, because the other one was a fang banger. He's some oh, little God. poor emo kid who got munched on. Oh. No, he got burnt in the fire. Yeah, that's right. He didn't get. But he did he get did munched on before that. He, did, he, he was a, he was a tasty snack, and then he ended up being a crispy bit. Crispy snack. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so Bud is saying um, to Andy that he's overworked and he's drunk and he needs to go home, and Andy is like, "I am not overworked. Way to focus there, Andy." Well done. Okay. You got um, that out. Excellent. Excellent. That is definitely the point we should be focusing on. Um, and so they kind of, uh, everybody's kind of trying to figure out what happened. So um, Suki and Sam and Tara are sort of trying to figure out, you know, who could have done this. They've sort of ruled out that it is, it isn't Renee. Um, yeah. It isn't Drew Marshall because she wasn't choked. Um, and Suki says that somebody just wanted to see her suffer. Yeah, she it, she did have a horrifying death, and even the look on her face that's captured there. You're like, yeah, she definitely suffered. Uh, yeah, Tara exactly. eventually calls out to Kenya and is like, wait, I remember something. Yeah, um, I do have to laugh though because um, Tara says to Suki and Sam that you know she knew this woman because this was her ex, like this this her was ex- her exorcism provider, and it's like, I'm so sorry, your exorcism provider provider was brutally murdered. That must be really really hard. That's really hard. That's really hard for you. I'm Your really, really sorry. Is dead. Yeah, uh, that's 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 really hard. A good exorcist provider is really hard to find. Really hard um, to come by nowadays. Yeah, especially in Louisiana and the South, where these kind of people are definitely not a dime a dozen. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if everyone was practicing exorcisms down there. Yeah, exactly. I'm moving there. That's it. It's decided. Yeah. Um. So we go over to Bill's house and he's telling Jessica like all the rules and they're trying, she's trying true blood as well at this yes. time. And he's like, you know, try this blood type. And she's like, oh, it l- tastes less like butt than this one. And, you know, it's, um, it's kind of cool. Cause Bill is like, she's my responsibility now. And I have to help her mainstream because like, obviously her being over at Fantasia isn't that great. Cause he's like, you've got a curfew of 10 o'clock. He's finally, oh, no, 5 a.m. or something. Or he's, 4 finally, he's finally stepping into the responsibility of fatherhood. He's also yeah. teaching her how to recycle. Yes, I was like, he's, I love how environmentally conscious Bill is. But like, what is <laughs> what is the carbon footprint of a vampire? Right, probably not a lot at all because they don't consume meat products. So yeah, the that's out. 
Yep. But they're consuming, the idea is that they consume true blood, which is mass produced in a factory. True. Uh, kind of a little bit better than mass produced meat. Yeah. Uh, they recycle the glass bottles. Yeah. They, but, they we, drive, but, we all, but we all know that like recycling glass bottles isn't necessarily the best. Recycling in general, while a good idea isn't always always implemented properly. Yeah. yeah. So like what is what is the carbon footprint of a vampire? Again, ask, knows. <laughs> yeah. Again, asking the questions you didn't know you wanted answered. Um, but probably We now need it answered. Yeah. Again, yeah. probably like we won't bring you an answer probably, but no, I, it's we, a good question though. Yeah, it's a very good question. Hmm, um to think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Bill is teaching teaching her like Yo, this is what this one tastes like. This is what this tastes like. Figure out your preference. Also, when you're done, it goes in the blue bin. <laughs> the and bin goes, goes in here, and I was like, oh. the, bin, the bin goes out on Wednesday night. But uh, I'm pretty sure Jessica comments about also we're recycling now. Yeah, <laughs> like, she makes some um, some offhanded comments about yeah. how they're like environmentally friendly or something like that. Um, and I think that he's on the he like Suki calls him or something like that about having to come over. And yeah. Bill Bill says this comment. He's like, I'm having some company over later. Now I need you to go upstairs and get ready because I won't have you looking like a slatter. Yeah. I was like, what? And then she, because she's sitting, she's in like the the the, the singlet top and the fishnet top and the, the mini plaid um, skirt and stuff like that. And she's like, what? And he goes, a woman of the night. And she says, the, this like really, she's like, Oh, that's so good. And I'm like, wow, what an emo mood. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, something like that. She's Yeah, she's like, oh, I look so good or something like that. (laughs) And And uh, maybe she doesn't know what a lady of the night is. Yeah, like she was a very sheltered kid. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but like she's wearing this outfit that is like, you would have a hundred percent seen somebody wearing this at Odam. Oh at Hot Dam? Hot Dam, Odam. What am I thinking? I think that actually is uh, a club, to be honest. Oh Snap was, sorry. I have not been to a club in a very long time previous. I don't know what a club is. To COVID. I'm 31. <laughs> I'm too, I was I'm in bed by 9.30. What do you mean? I was too old for this shit at 18. <laughs> My body was like, put me to bed. Basically. Um, but yeah, like, I was just, I've just got this thing about, like, this is, this is something I would have seen at an emo club. Oh, yeah. I'm um, pretty sure I have that exact outfit still. I have that skirt. Yeah. I started, like, I, I went to clubs and stuff like that, and then I started going to raves. Ooh, I, same. I I have that skirt for a rave. Mine was the opposite. I was going to raves and then I started going to clubs. You like, you, you just down. you've got to you've got to go through the progression at your own at your own pace. Yeah, there's stages. There is. Um, phases, stages. Because it wasn't a phase. It's never a phase. It was never a phase, mom. Mom. <laughs> Cute is what we aim for. Oh, I actually saw them a couple of years ago. Uh, I was reminiscing about when I saw Paramore when I was like twenty one. Oh, I only saw them a couple like a couple of years ago as well. Uh, I saw them in, I want to say two thousand and eighteen, just before Ned left for a US tour. I think I saw them two thousand around Valentine's Day actually. Um, possibly yeah. at Acer Arena. Was five seconds of summer? Yes. Okay, I was at that gig. Yes. <laughs> How miss- have we missed each other? Like we just, we, before we opened the podcast, before we started doing the podcast, we were like, oh yeah, we were at the same industry party. And we keep realizing that we've missed each other. Where have, it's just kismet that we met It now, is. That we're friends. It now. is. It's fine. 
We did two hours of catching up before we record this podcast. Yeah. And when we attempted to record this podcast earlier in the week, we did the exact same thing. We just caught yeah. up and then the internet shit itself. Oh, it just did not trust me recording at all, did it? It was like, you no. can chat, but you cannot record. No, no recording for you, only catch ups. We were only, only allowed. Hangouts. Yeah, we, because that's all we were allowed to. That's, only, that's all we could oh, mentally okay. afford. Oh, tell me about it. Talk about mental affordances. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So now we jump to Jason doing Bible study, uh, Bible study <laughs> on his little propaganda book. Yes, um, and missing Amy. Yeah, he has like a little flashback to Amy, which is a bit, um, a little bit sad. He's reading about the evils of vampires, and and how like vamp- uh, how God is light or Jesus is light, so vampires must naturally come from the dark and all this. Kind. It is a hundred percent propaganda. Oh yeah, we know that. Um, but I like, think religion is propaganda, but <laughs> but yeah, and and, and it, it is well, Christianity gonna, is propaganda. Have I got a full stop in my notes? I think I do, or if I just there we go. Um, but like, so he's he's reading this this book that he's been given, um, and how he's he's kind of finding purpose and meaning in it, but he's kind of I think he's feeling a little bit upset because he was in love with this woman who was clearly brought in by the darkness and all this sort of stuff and it's sort of it's a very touching little moment because you're sort of like yeah. crying in the bed sheets and it's quite sad oh poor jason i kind of feel sorry for him because yeah we'll go into that anyway we will yeah. um and then we jump back to uh the police station yes where andy is interrogating tara andy andy's being a bad cop or he's and just like he's being bad drunk he's, off. Being, he's playing bad cop or he's just being a bad cop i can't figure out which one yet and I think it's because he's so upset that he lost Jason on the last charge. Oh, yeah, he's so determined not to have anything. But it's like Bud's the only person there with common sense because he's like, you need to leave because not only are you a witness, but you could potentially be a suspect. Yeah, and he points that out to Andy and Andy's like, nah, that's not right. That's I'm a cop. Like, And I'm like, okay. cops haven't committed murders before? Huh. Hmm. Get the fuck out. All the police that have shot people in America. Um, so after this, Letty May shows up at the station and she's devastated to learn that Miss Jeanette has been killed and she refuses to believe Tara when she tries to tell her the truth about the exorcisms and Miss Jeanette. And I think Letty May just, like, abandons her at the police station again. Oh, no, no so- Marianne shows up. So what happens is that Letty May shows up and she's like, no, you know what? Um, uh, Miss Jeanette may have had like an alternate life, but you know, she was true to what she was. I am cured. She was quite clearly a woman of a word. Like Tara loves her mother, but she doesn't want her to believe this lie. And I've just got this thing here that's like, never meet your heroes, Lenny May. Um, but so they leave and Marianne shows up. Yes. And Marianne unleashes a roast. Oh yeah. She She's unleashes not so nice to Letty May. Is she? she unleashes this roast, and it's something along the lines of, "I wondered what it would uh, be like to meet someone so devoid of human emotion that they would, uh, they would abandon their child." Yeah. Um. If uh, it's never your fault, it's always the demons or somebody else's fault. Um. I've always wanted to look into the eye. You're empty, basically. Yeah. And I was sitting there going. Can can I borrow Marianne for like two minutes? I just need her to go have a chat with my mom. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah. Um, look, we'll line your mum and my mum up. We'll get a two and for one. They can literally just say the same thing. 
Yeah, look, we'll just line them up. Two for one. We'll take Marianne home. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. All right. Um, but, these, but the look on Lady May's face. Yeah, she she's is, on the verge of tears. She is flabbergasted. Somebody has hit her with a bus. Yeah, good. Um, and it's it's really funny because Tara probably didn't see that coming. She probably doesn't think <laughs> that her mother. And she probably doesn't think that her mother deserved that in some respect. Yeah. Because, again, we're abused children we and we want to make sure that we're emotionally abused children. We don't think our parents deserve that. But we're also adults with hindsight and reasoning. And we we're know like, our, our parents, parents deserve that. <laughs> and probably a little bit more. My inner child needs to shut the fuck up sometimes. <laughs> My inner child needs a cuddle. And say, just oh, cover your ears. Don't listen to Marianne yelling at your mum. Exactly. Look, look over here. There's a really pretty car. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into cars when we're 30 years old. Your car's gonna get written off. Uh and gonna lockdown, hate it. Yeah, and then lockdown's gonna happen. You're gonna get your dream car. Lockdown's gonna happen. You're not gonna be able to do anything with it. Um, but you're gonna get really into cars. So look at the car. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would just be like, look how shiny this is. My brain would be like, ooh, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> we're both magpies. Ooh. <laughs> and now we cut to a literal dungeon. Yeah, this scene reminds me of a saw trap. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a hundred percent a saw a movie. Yeah. Um, those those collars yeah. have saw blades in them, and if somebody tries to take them off, somebody's head is coming off. But it's just going to uh, roll. Across I think it's the... in like Saw Five, where they have like a whole bunch of people on a like merry-go-round kind of thing, like oh, a carousel, God. and they're all strapped to it. I think it's five or six. I haven't watched any like. Uh, the only ones I really watch repeatedly are one and two. And I've so, only like, seen one. Oh, too much for you? No, no, no. I loved oh, it. I look. went, I started to watch Saw 2 and I was like, this is kind of garbage. Oh, no. Saw 2 is really good. Okay, good. James Wan wrote it. It's going to be fantastic. Okay. As long, because, like, I started, like, I, I, I was like, I watched Saw 1 and started watching Saw 2 when I think, like, Saw 4 had started to, yeah. like, hype up. And I was like, I don't want to start watching a torture porn anthology um, i just it's i just got a kind lot of, of heart i know it sounds so weird to say that um but <laughs> it's the, the heroes are really plucky there's no heroes in, this, <laughs> in these movies um you know obviously john kramer slash jigsaw is an anti-hero and you know he believes he has a lot of purpose and i, I like i feel like i sympathize with a lot of the characters a lot of them are super relatable so Especially like Amanda, who's like a drug addict and having myself been not only having family members who are drug addicts, but like me having my own addiction problems. I was like, oh, I, I, I cheer on for her. Like in Saw 2, I'm like, you can do it. Get the thing. Do Get it. Get the thing. Uh, but anyway, so Lafayette. <laughs> wrong, in wrong, podcast. A wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. But this is not a Saw podcast. Um, I could start one. Well, it's not, it's not your horror podcast, so it's not your other... Oh, I was like, I'll start a Saw podcast. <laughs> Add that to our list of podcasts. Yes, it's going on there. It's um, going on but Lafayette is there. Um, it's like a medieval-looking place. When you find out at the end, you realise why it looks so medieval. Um, we so... figured out We figured out where, where Lafayette went. Yeah, so he's last, been last, well, last we saw him. Yeah, he was being taken from the back of Merlots. Yeah, Um and he'd been missing for about two weeks at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So he uh, is joined by Royce, who <laughs> is one of the rednecks that has previously harassed Lafayette because of him being gay. 
and he's not sure why they're being held there and that sometimes there are screams. Does that happen now? Or is that happening later in the episode? Oh, maybe I pasted this too close. Potentially. Because I wrote notes. Oh, so that Royce does, joins that, them later. That does happen. So basically what's happened is Lafayette is found in the I think I just dungeon. merged the two scenes together. Also, like they're a very similar scene. So they've got Lafayette, there is a woman in a pink dress and I think two yeah. other blokes there. And yeah, they're all anonymous. Of, yeah, just anonymous people. We don't know who they are. They're all chained up to this like... Uh, this carousel sort of thing. I have a note here. It's like a, a maypole. <laughs> yeah. I have a note here that says somewhere that wheel is spinning a small platter of desserts. And, it's like, <laughs> and they're moving it around. Yeah, exactly. They get up and they move it and you like you would cut to the top of where this dungeon it's is. It's like a beautiful like, Yeah, exactly. It's just, like a, it's just like a little like lazy Susan of desserts. And it's just a <laughs> train or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so uh, we, we find out that they're all sort of, they're quite sick, they're unwell. Um, one of the gentlemen sort of goes, bucket and has rather explosive sounding diarrhea. Um, and somebody comes down and takes one of the hostages. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. He's like, don't take me, don't take me, I don't want to go. Um, and he gets taken upstairs. Yeah. Um, that's, Nobody that's, knows what goes on there. No, but we don't know what's happening. All we know is that Lafayette has quite clearly been quite clearly being kidnapped and taken hostage yeah um it's kind of obvious what's happened yeah. um but we don't know by who yes dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, um where are we up to oh so Suki arrives at bill's <laughs> <laughs> this this is an ep- this is a scene Yes, um, and Bill is comforting Suki after her incredibly rough day, you know, like finding a dead body. You would think that after all of the dead bodies she's found, it would just be another Tuesday, though. <laughs> it's just another day ending in Y. <laughs> yeah, it's just another day at the office. Like, you, yeah, you literally you get think. Yeah. But uh, they are interrupted by Jessica, who is wearing nothing but a towel, who exclaims that, Bill, I love your shower. <laughs> so... Suki, so Bill is like trying to tell Suki of what's happening, and Suki's like, "No, no, no! You just need to shut up. Um, I just want a piece of quiet." Yeah. I hate this scene for that I, reason. Well, no, I've got it. Like, there is something about Stephen and Anna that with their chemistry. Yeah, and I'm a hundred percent like I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that at this point they're at least dating. Yeah. There is something about their chemistry that they just don't click. And I don't know if it's just that the way that they're portraying the actors or if they don't click on set or something yeah. like that. Something about them just doesn't. I feel that happens a lot throughout the entire show. Where the you're only... like, this is awkward. Yeah, it feels really stunted and disjointed yeah. and hampy. The only time I feel like they really seem to click is like later on in the seasons when they're not they even hate together. Each other. <laughs> yeah, when they hate each other. Yeah. Um, because like there's like Suki is saying to Bill, like, I just want the peace and quiet. I just want you. Like, this is the first peace and quiet I've had. And it should be a really touching scene. And it honestly feels like they aren't speaking the same language. They're not. On, they're not in the same room. <laughs> no, these are, these are two people who read these lines in different countries on a different day. Yeah. Um. And it, it feels like that. It feels like that a lot with these particular characters. And it's not like that yeah. with Suki and Eric. It's not like that with like Suki and 
Alcide. Sam or anything like that. No, it's when she's involved with other characters, spoilers for later in the seasons. It happens. Um, it happens. <laughs> like, But even when Suki is talking to Tara or she's talking to Sam or anything like that, like, uh, for example, take take the romantic interest between Suki and Sam at any time. There hasn't felt like it's been awkward, but that's because the sex in this show is really, really awkward. Yeah. But it hasn't been this really disjointed, like, two people don't know what to do with each other. Maybe because they're trying to create this, like, romantic chemistry and because they are involved, they're like, how do we not have would... our chemistry on the would... set? <laughs> You would think that that would make it easier. Like you would be able to uh, interact. You would be able to interact with a person better because you're not trying to. But you're also trying force. to be a character at the same time and like not be yourselves. But it, I just I feel know. like they made it weird. Yeah, it's it's just really it feels like disjointed and their chemistry really doesn't seem to match. Yeah, um, but I, I do think, like this part. The other the <laughs> other Jessica. note. The other note is, Bill, I'm sorry you had to see that. Here is my newborn daughter. Basically. Oh, <laughs> this my, is, here is my child. my child. And Bill basically has to explain to Suki, like, that, you know, he spent 150 years without having to create a vampire because he refused to. And it was part of his punishment for killing mm-hmm. a vampire for protecting you, Suki. Um, my, I had my, to create a vampire. <laughs> my favourite part is that Jess knows 100% what she's doing. She walks out in that towel looking as gorgeous as she does, she's like, she's also so oh, Yeah. Oh, hi there. You must be sucky. And this delicious, like, southern accent. And then Bill is explaining to Suki that this was his consequence. This was his yeah. punishment. This is now my responsibility. For protecting you. And the look on Jessica's face when she looks at Suki and, she, like, she says to Suki, so this is your fault. Yeah. Jessica finally has a reason for this. Yeah. And it also doesn't not ma- liking Suki. Yeah. And Suki kind of like later approaches it like um, she's trying to stepmother this yeah, preteen. And I again, I hate it. Well, I she's just, not a preteen. She's like pre-adulthood. Yeah, exactly. She's she's 17. She's nearly 18. Like she'll yeah. potentially be 17. But um, And Suki's understandably upset because she's just like, you're once again keeping things from me. And it's like he is so selfish because he always projects back like, but I did it for you. And it's like, shut up. Like, people are adults. Just tell the truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, And if they don't understand and they don't accept it, then that's not your fault. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It's not their fault. It just happens. all over the place here. Um, There's just, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, but Suki gets up and leaves anyway. Oh, actually, Suki asks Bill, because um, Bill dismisses Jessica and says, go to bed. Like, mm. you can sleep in my hidey hole. Um, and Suki is talking about how Miss Jeanette died and is basically insinuating that maybe Jessica had something to do with it. <laughs> oh, no, she wouldn't have done that. Actually, maybe. Actually, um, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because Bill knows that a baby vampire is incredibly unhinged and incredibly incredibly powerful so maybe it's not necessarily what a vampire would do no um but that's exactly maybe yeah but you never know because they are powerful so you don't know uh so now we cut to the newlands i love the newlands (laughs) 
So you're gonna you're gonna hear I a gush about the new ones. I oh, love them because of how crazy they are. <laughs> they are the absolute like personification of Southern Christianity, like that Bible belt. I just I love it. And yeah. I love Nan Flanagan as well. This interaction between Steve Dillon and Nan Flanagan is the best. Because um, what does she say? She says something about um, she basically just dismisses him and was like, yeah, don't worry, no. Yeah, because so Steve, <laughs> Steve is like, Steve is talking about how vampires have killed his family and all this kind of stuff and Nan's like, that is an outrageous accusation. You need to have evidence to back yeah. that up. Um, and then the journalist who is moderating this debate is like, that is a fairly powerful accusation, Reverend Nolan. Do you have evidence to back that up? And he's like, this is a conspiracy. Yeah. We all know that <laughs> vampires are doing this and all this kind of stuff. And then, like, what? No. <laughs> and then Steve's sign-off is, um, it's a beautiful day in America, Nan. You should come, I wish you were here. And Nan turns around and goes, give it 12 hours, Steve. I'll be. I'll give it 12 hours, Reverend Nolan. I'll be there. <laughs> I love it. She's so badass. She's so good. And they're such well-written characters because Nan has to portray that, like... Political... Yeah, she has to be that... Energy, yeah. Yeah. So they've got her in, um, like, this pink cardigan sort of thing. But, like, you see her later and she takes no shit. She's so good. I love it when she, like, actually has a bigger role than just being on the television. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so they cut the debate and Steve's wife, Sarah, comes and greets him and she's like, oh, you know, you're um, doing so well. Like you're, so you're amazing. Such, yeah, so- all this kind of stuff. Um, Steve's been talking about how much he appreciates life and stuff like that and Sarah's talking about how he could run for the governor of Texas and I have a yeah. note here about how we all know okay. how the governor of Texas, Texas. appreciates life, mm. especially if it's uh, more than six pro- weeks old in utero. Pro-pregnancy. Mm. Hey. Uh, we are a hundred we are a hundred percent a political podcast um, uh, yeah uh, leave women's bodies alone <laughs> yeah. fuck off <laughs> yeah exactly um but they're they're doing like this meet and greet in this hotel um yeah. and so his name's ori ori, yeah, ori. yeah and ori introduces jason to steve and sarah um, and Jason's a little bit starstruck, isn't he? He is. <laughs> How embarrassing. He's, he's like, oh, you're like the most famous person I've ever met. Oh, well, um, that's fair. And for what it's hello, cat. And for what, what? it's worth, um, I love the woman who plays Sarah Newland. She's such yes. a good actress. Um, she's in Pitch Perfect as well. She is. She's great. She's, she's I love her in everything. Um, and she kind of is looking at Jason. And they do a couple. They do a couple of close-ups of her, and she's like looking at Steve, and then she looks at Jason, and she's just got this quick, this quick glint. Um, but Ori is talking about how Jason would be a perfect candidate for the Fellowship of the Sons um, um, leadership program. Yes, their conference that they have, and he can yeah. attend for a small fee of twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, because um, the oh, twelve thousand was it? No, it's twelve hundred. It's twelve hundred. Um, okay. And Jason goes, "I don't know if I can afford that." And Steve's like, "I know it's a hardship, but there's no price for salvation." And apparently, there is, and it's twelve hundred dollars. Fuck up, Steve Newland. It's obviously a there's a fi- there's a price. Now, again, not a big reader of the uh, of the Bible, not down with J Dog, uh, but I'm pretty sure that Jesus had some stuff to say about extortion and like all that kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure you weren't supposed to extort people for your own political gains or your own like financial gains. You also um, 
But then the Catholic Church made you pay penance to get your family out of purgatory. I don't know what you mean. Which is also I, against the Bible. But, you know, each to their own interpretation of the we're also We're also apparently quite anti-Bible. We're, I'm, we're, a, I'm a Satanist, Addie. What do you expect? We're, we're like, we're this weird, we're, we're 100% open to the interpretation of the Bible where it's like, don't be a dick. Because you know what, there's lessons to learn in every piece of literature. I treat the Bible as a book with messages to learn. It's the same way I look at the Quran or the Book of the Dead. And like they all have that similar message of don't be a dick. A dick. And Um, it's not that hard. (laughs) But apparently, the the people who read the book and who've made an organized, profitable religion out of it (laughs) have kind of seen it as um, (laughs) (laughs) the price of salvation is $1,200. (laughs) Anyway. Um, but yeah, so um Okay, that's fine. Um but Jason Everyone, has, that's my neighborhood. Everyone rides around on motorbikes, it's fine. But Jason Jason <laughs> has this little look on his face. Uh, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna miss that yeah. out. Um but it's kind of like this, I need to do this. Yeah. Um, I, I finally have this purpose. And he looks the same way that I would look if Chris Hemsworth touched me. That's like how I'd feel if Bert McCracken was like, You're great. And I'm yeah. Like, Thanks. Yeah, like I, my life, my life finally has purpose and meaning. But my um, looks, I'm great. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth has touched my cheek, and I need to continue the work of Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is my Jesus. The Church of Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I could get on board. Yeah, my sister um, would as well. So you've got two recruits. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so we could have the we could have the Church of Chris. Um, Ooh. Where, where we can have Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans. Yes, yes. Um, I'm sure um, Chris Pratt. No, he's a Scientologist. Is, yeah, oh, no, like, he's a Hillsonger, I think. Yeah, we don't do Chris Pratt. No um, Chris Pratt. There is, there is a great tweet that goes around where it's like the 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 triad of, uh, not the triad, the quad of Chris, and there's one Chris you have to get rid of. Um, Chris Pratt. So, yeah. yeah, you get rid of Chris Pratt. I'm going to. We're going to share that for everybody. Yeah, I'm going to find it and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to find it and <laughs> I, I typed the quote of Chris and came up with another podcast, so I'm going to find the actual tweet later. <laughs> um, um, but Jason seems to have like a look of hope as well. Like, yeah, I'm getting got, somewhere. I'm, I've, I've got. He somewhere has to be. this purpose, and now he just needs like somebody believes in him. Yeah, he's got a and sense of belonging now. Where I think he hasn't felt that in Bon Tomp. Yeah, and it's not because of a sexual relationship, and it's not because, and that becomes really important because there is a whole thing later of abstinence. With, and well, not just of not just of abstinence, but there's a, a an issue later with Jason and how he copes as a as an, as a human, as an adult, um, with loss and grief and all of his emotions through sex, um, and that becomes yeah. relevant later in the seasons. Um, so. Next, we kind of we find Sam in Merlots, and he's having a whole fl- bunch of cash in a bag. And we flash back to how Sam and Marianne know each other. Did you see the creepy? Yeah. Did you see the creepy contacts? No, I told you about this last episode. The creepy contacts. Oh yes, 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 yes. The okay. creepy, the creepy contacts. I did notice it actually. Um, yes. Okay, I remember that. Am I just being weird about this or? No. You don't it's sound convinced. Like a, it's just because I'm like, it's a really off colour. It's 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 kind of uncanny valley. That's yeah, what it is to like, me. Ugh. You obviously what, don't have blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is to me. Because this kid, like, 
don't get me wrong, this poor kid probably doesn't give a shit about our little podcast. No, um, but he should. Uh, but he should. He absolutely should because I'm about to talk shit about him. Um, <laughs> he's he's like, he's not what I imagined Sam would look like as a kid. They've obviously approximated yeah. what they would probably think Sam looks like as a kid. Um, and then they've gone and, like, put contacts on this kid and I'm like, this is the weirdest. I don't like I get this. such <laughs> I get such uncanny valley vibes from this kid. Um, and then they go and put these fucking contacts on him, and I'm like, mm, "That's no, enough. Do Stop not there. like. Do not like. <laughs> like. It, it triggers my fight or flight reflex. <laughs> Get me out. Do not want <laughs> cat water. <laughs> I'm a cat trying to get out of a bathtub. <laughs> Cat is I have sipping. a mouthful of food. Cat, cat, cat is sipping coke, trying <laughs> desperately to make sure it doesn't come rushing out of her nose. I don't need those bit takes on my mic, my little baby. I'm trying desperately to make sure it's not going to come out of your nose. Oh, that actually hurt my heart trying to hold it in. Um, <laughs> so we see a flashback of Sam um, where he meets... Marianne as he's younger because um, Marianne catches a naked Sam stealing food from her kitchen. Yeah, and he's, like, looking at this totem. Yeah. And it's actually a really interesting-looking totem um, that I think we've seen before. I can't remember. I think maybe we've seen it in the last episode. It's on, Yeah, because yeah. it's in his um, safe, isn't it? No, it's in Marianne's house. Oh, Okay. Um, because I think like Sam shows up or something like that, and yeah, the, later on he does. The yeah. butler who steals Tara's phone, um, <laughs> like points it out or something like that. Mm. Um, and we kind of yeah, Marianne is like looking at this child like a snack. <laughs> she's he's standing there buck ass naked, and she's like hot. <laughs> she's she always is. Yeah, she's standing there being quite hot, and she's like, well, 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 what are you like? What are you doing there? And um, I would just, I would collapse into a puddle. I'd <laughs> just be like, uh. I, again, fight or flight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we don't have fight or flight. It's just, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just collapse. <laughs> the, the four, there's actually, the, the theory is the four Fs. So it's fight, flight, freeze, or fuck. Mm. Except when you read about it in professional literature or academic literature, it's, um, Fight, the, it's referenced as the four Fs, but it's fight, flight, freeze, or sex. Oh, that's really interesting. Because they don't reference as fuck. fuck. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. we got to be prim and proper. I'm like, you science nerds are <laughs> ruining the fun. Why can't the last F be fun? Why can't the last F be fun? Because fight, freeze, or flight is not fun. So just give me fun as an option. <laughs> To deal with think, my trauma. I, so you start podcasts. True. That's fun. For, the four Fs, fight, flight, freeze, or podcast. Podcasts. That's what fuck about. The F is silent. <laughs> it's F-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Yes. Podcasts. Podcasts. Smell like <laughs> Pfizer. P-F. Anyway, before we get too into a tangent, um, this scene with Suki cleaning up her grandmother's room is, I cried. This is actually a really touching scene. Got me in the feels. It's very, it's it's full of closure. So we're in Adele's room um, 
and it's kind of the first opportunity that Suki has really had since Adele's death to pack things up. Yeah. Because since Adele's death, like, life has been really, really hectic. Somebody's been actively trying to kill Suki. Um, so yeah. her life has been on the go. In um, tatters, really. Yeah. Um, so she's just, she's trying to pack things up, put things away, try and find a way to remember her grandmother, say goodbye yeah. to her grandmother, um, that kind of thing. And she's having sort of flashbacks to different times and all that kind of thing. It's a really touching scene. Yeah. Because it would be so hard to decide what to, everything would be important to me. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel the same way. Um, when my grandmother died, I didn't have the opportunity to go to her house or get and get anything that I wanted. Um, so I have a few mementos um, of her uh, here. And, yeah, every everything suddenly has more sentimental value. So yeah. birthday cards or photos or presents or something like that. You know, it might just be a random stuffed toy but you can't bring yourself to get rid of it. Despite the fact it might be so much more importance on that object than what the person who has passed would. Yeah, exactly. It might be just like a, Hey, I found this, I thought of you sort of thing. But once that person is passed, they're never going to do that again. So it places a lot of, like you place a lot of emotional weight on that. Um, And then Suki is like getting a box and she cuts her, her finger. Which I did today, actually, and it fucking hurt. Oh, paper cuts are the worst. Cardboard cuts are the worst. Well, that's what I did. I was getting, I was getting the. F- I, I bought a four pack of Bundaberg lemonade, and I cut myself oh. on the cardboard, and it was thick and gross. My, yeah. although the cut that they do for her looks so bad. Yeah, it doesn't like, look great. The, the special effects I've been doing on Suki has not been great. It's like, come on, guys, you're better than this. Um, um and then the doorbell her rings. day is interrupted. By an un- uh, a representative of her uncle to let her know that Uncle Bartlett has died and that he fell into Bart- a creek behind his house and the death has been ruled by it as an accident. Yeah, and Uncle Bartlett rolled into the river and got eaten by some crocodiles. I love how it's like, yeah. She's like, is there any marks on him? And he's like, well, there's lots of, you know, fish and alligators. In he sort of got chewed creek. on. He got, he got, he's been chewed to death. Yeah. Um, but I was like, fuck yeah, Uncle Bartlett is dead. Um, but it was really uncomfortable for me watching Suki react to this lawyer saying all this really nice stuff about her uncle who, yeah. you know, sexually assaulted her. And he's saying that, like, the, the part that really gets me, because, like, I'm used to people being nice about my abuser. I've seen yeah. people that I grew up with um, and that I considered, excuse me, um, that I considered my my best friends still talking to my abuser because I don't want to come out and say that you know my mother is my abuser. Yeah. Um, and that's that's my prerogative. I'm happy to talk about it everywhere. I don't want to be public about it in other places. If they, oh, I will be. If people if, <laughs> not about your mum, not about mine. <laughs> if people listen to this podcast and they hear me say my mother is my abuser, then that's fine. Like that's yeah. that's that's this it. Is your safe, I, this is your safe place to say that. Exactly. On my podcast that is syndicated. Um, yep. <laughs> um, but what got me was that the, the the lawyer, the executor of the will is like, oh, but your Uncle Bartlett cared about you. Ugh. And, he, and he wanted to leave you his estate. Oh, he's still manipulating and like getting when under her skin from the grave. When your abuser tries to buy you from the grave. And like, it's a small, yeah. it's, it's, it's a relatively small amount of money. It was only like $11,000 or yeah. something like that. But that's a significant that's a significant 
addition to savings. Yeah. It's it's not going to pay off um, a, you know, a, a large mortgage or anything like that. Mm. I think she like, feels better that she can palm it off to Jason because it's not like $300,000 or something. And yeah. she's like, why are you giving all of this to me? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so like... And Suki was the only one that he yeah. left this money to. It is worth noting that he was the only one he left it to. It wasn't split between him. Uh, it wasn't split, was split between Suki and Jason. It was like yeah. only to Suki. Which is gross. Um, and then it cuts to Suki trying to wipe blood off the envelope. And this scene freaks me the fuck out, right? I was thinking, where did the blood come from? And I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> from her finger. What kind of blood does Suki have that it gels immediately? Because she wipes it and it still stays in like the blood splatter. Oh, on the um, like the, the env- plastic the, the, part. Yeah, on the window. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Um, I thought it was like, already there. It's like it's Jello. Jello blood. Jello blood. She's weird. But also, we do know that Suki is special in her own magical way. So maybe but, it has something to do with that. I don't know. But if she's got blood that's like jello, what the fuck is her heart doing? Um, good question. <laughs> these I are the issues. That. I am these not a cardio, cardiothoracic surgeon. These are the issues that I take with this. I mean, I take issue with also like Eric's wig and shit like that. But like, these yeah. are the issues that I take with this this TV series. <laughs> the fuck is the fuck is with Sookie's what blood? What is with your blood? What is with your blood? I hate it. Um, yes. and so now we cut to Marianne's house, uh, yeah, and, and eggs hanging out by the pool being sexy. Yeah. And, them. and then Marianne and all of her gorgeousness comes out with this like giant bowl of fruit, uh, fruit and a joint. And I, yeah. And all I want to know is how do I get a fucking gorgeous house with a gorgeous woman who brings it's me a gorgeous joint? Yeah. Gorgeous fruit and hands me gorgeous pot. The fuck? Where is know. where is where is my I dream think house? To, like move somewhere else besides Australia. I think the only place we're getting that is like the moon. <laughs> it's not real. Uh, so Marianne leaves because she wants obviously eggs and Tara to copulate. And they for what it's worth, they're sitting in front of this mural, and it's this beautiful mural, and it's Apollo and his lover. It's Apollo. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, it's Apollo and his human lover. And she's like talking about how um, the gods were taking human lovers. And Atara says, you know, what was her name? And she's like, well, it could have been any, like, uh, Marion says, well, it could have been any of us. Um, The gods, the gods knew. Yeah, the gods knew that um, the pleasure was something to be shared with everyone. Yeah. And then she goes, "Um, I need more papaya. And then she sort of struts. She sort of whiffs away just the way yeah. that she does um and so tara and eggs are kind of having this discussion about how weird it is that marianne has like the best pot ever and <laughs> all of this kind of stuff and how lucky they are and all this kind of stuff um and eggs says something here about being lucky and i don't quite think that's the message behind marianne right now anyway yeah the point I well, the message I kind of get from Marianne is to indulge. Yes, and especially right now, and I've a hundred percent been on the like treat yourself kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I say treat that like I've, I've I've had to buy new headphones because the last like when we were recording last time, my headphones had been broken. Um, and the treat yourself mentality, the treat yourself 
energy isn't necessarily a bad thing and especially in COVID where you're probably feeling really run down lethargic lethargic just like everything is an effort and I definitely feel like that like I am feeling very much just flowing through the motions of the day and everything is an effort um but doing things that make you feel good especially in moderation is like great for the soul have the joint if it's legal in your area you're not going to get in trouble for it have the gorgeous tropical fruit you know, if you want to stay in bed one day and watch anime and only eat Uber, only eat Uber Eats. Oh, do I wish it. That Uber Eats is not in my area. Dude, order takeout. <sighs> do it. I did last night. I had pizza, and I'm gonna nice. reheat it for dinner tonight. Nice. It's good. Like if that's pizza. if that's if that's how you want to live your life for a day, do it. If Got that's it. what you need to recharge your batteries, reinvigorate your soul, that is totally the way to do it. This will become an interesting message later on. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to point back to this part where I say moderation is key, people. Moderation is key. Moderation is key. Do not indulge your hedonistic tendencies continually. Excuse because- me. <laughs> As a hedonist. <laughs> but, like, if you continue... In moderation. <laughs> The, the point of the point the point of feeling good is that if you continue to do it then it doesn't feel good it just becomes the day, the average and then you need to continue to escalate yeah exactly and as addicts we know that yeah yes we um do, unfortunately my my next my next bit is uh eggs is smooth um I think he makes a move on Tara <laughs> yes but he is interrupted by Marianne's assistant uh, that's right his name that's he offers right. some towels. Yeah, and the way he does it is like he needs a bell because he's like fresh towels and just like, peas. Oh. It's like the fuck did you come from? He's like Eagle or something from like yeah, freaking, exactly Frankenstein. <laughs> um, and then Tara's like, oh, I should probably go get ready for work. Um, yeah. so she takes the towel and she goes inside and she sees Marianne and Marianne's like staring out the back window and like eating her papaya or whatever. Um, and then she goes and gets ready for work and, um, Marianne calls in Carl. Carl is his Carl. name. Yes. Carl. And, um, uh, basically yells at him for interrupting them. Well, she goes, nobody needed any towels and then gives him the backhand of his life. Yeah. She smacked him into next weekend. Man, his children felt that one. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, his his children have got a handprint on their cheeks. Yes. yes um they do. And so, yeah, there's there's clearly something going on here because Marianne decks that man. Yeah. I'm uh, I, I the, love it when we find out what it's all about. I know, I can't <laughs> wait. Um and now we sort of we go we jump back to Jason and Hoyt. Yes, who are talking about Jason's growing interest in the fellowship of the sun. And um, Sookie basically rocks up at the work site and is like, take this money, take my money. Well, there's a really interesting conversation between Hoyt and Jason. Yes. Um, because Jason's talking about how um, he's going to go join the fellowship and how like he's finally got a community and all this kind of stuff. And Hoyt's like, well, why don't you just do it at the church here? Yeah. Why um, go there? Yeah. Why go there? And why go to a church that is all about hate? Yeah. Um, and Jason's like, oh, you know, they're more than hate. Like, they've finally given me this purpose that I felt like I've needed. And, you know, I'm going to go to this leadership conference as soon as I can afford it. And, like, I'm not I'm not going to be about the hate. Like, this church is about love. And Hoyt's like, mm. um, maybe. 
maybe maybe not, but okay. I don't do think that, do. but all right. Yeah. And then Suki shows up and is like, I don't want the like, Uncle Bartlett. fucking money. Yeah. Uh, by the by, Uncle Bartlett is dead um, and he has left us this. Well, actually, he left me this and I don't want it. Yeah. And she has to basically force it down his throat. Yes. <laughs> but Jason, the dumbass, sees it as a sign from God. Yes, he does. Uh, because he's now got the money to go to his leadership conference. And he, uh, yeah, he's a little bit excited about that, isn't he? He is. He's super excited. Uh, but he's not as excited as Sam and Mary are and Marianne are in the next scene. Yes. Um, I have a note here that's <laughs> I probably shouldn't watch sex scenes when there's heaps of families walking past my house. Because <laughs> my front like my living room is like at my front door, which is like pretty close to the sidewalk. Oh, and I'm like, nice. I hope the TV's not too loud. <laughs> and I was like, there's a lot more sex scenes and nudity than I remember. <laughs> So, again, with, like, sex in this series being really, really weird, I've got, don't get me wrong, I love some dirty talk when doing the horizontal mambo. But vibrating? <laughs> Wait, but is this everything you imagined it would feel like? It's so <laughs> weird. Yes. It's quite an interesting scene because we actually find out that uh, Marianne took Sam's virginity. Yes. So this is why it's so weird in the beginning where she's looking at him like a tasty snack. Yeah. Um, and... Like, this is such a weird... Like, why is she bouncing so much? I don't know. Um, and then she starts... It's 2000, so... Who knows? And then she starts vibrating like the world's best fleshlight. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Yes, now that you mention because, it. Because, again, um, she's... So they're we have having seen sex. her do that. We have seen her do that. Uh, not during sex. This is the yep. first time we've seen Marianne have sex. Um, so she and Sam are having sex, and then she starts doing this pose... And vibrating, and Sam is freaking out, and she's like, "Don't stop!" And I'm like, "I don't know what he's gonna do." But yes. Sam rolls over, um, and asks her what she is, yeah. and she's like, "Well, you're not the only weird thing in the world, little boy." Yeah, mind you, he is not 14 year old Sam in this. He's an ad- young, very young adult in this. Yeah, thing. he's 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 <laughs> he's post 18, pre 20. Yes. <laughs> There is there isn't a legality issue. No, here. it's uh, it's weird, but it's not. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. Like you wouldn't call knowledge weird. Yeah, we we wouldn't. You wouldn't be taking her home to mum. No, uh, but he's a he's an adult. Yes. Um, Flash forward to present day, where um, Arlene is asking Sam if they can hire new waitresses, and basically just dumps a new waitress named Daphne into the office, and he's like, "Okay, thanks, bye." <laughs> she, she's like look at my manicure look at my nails yeah i get it um and yeah i've worked retail i've had to go and invest in gels um and retail will still kill those i used uh, to work in hospitality i just didn't even bother <laughs> no well part of i used <laughs> i used to work for david jones and i used to have to have manicures to make them to be presentable oh. uh so it's a nice excuse to go and get my nails did basically Oh, I wasn't even allowed to wear nail polish. It's like, because obviously it's a OHS and health standard that you, if your nail polish chips and ends up in somebody's food, that's. Yeah, I used to sell headphones. So. Um, I have a note here that says you did what to his coffee, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything written down. Uh, I think something about somebody peeing in somebody's coffee. Oh! Um, okay, so now we're jumping to 
Uh, we're back in the dungeon. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And old mate, an old mate has shown up. Um, Royce. Old mate, old, yeah, Royce, Royce. Yeah, Royce has shown up. Um, and he and Lafayette are sort of like talking about um, the sins that they might have committed that's caused them to end up where they are. Yes, that's why because Royce has peed in his cousin's coffee or something <laughs> <Yes>. like that. <laughs> um, my that's brain why I was is like, been... oh, who peed in whose? Yeah, no, Royce is like, I peed in my cousin's coffee once. <laughs> and my favorite part is Royce is talking about how he had to have his joint, his hip joint replaced. Um, and he's like, my ass is magnetic now. It had, it had me cackling because that's not how that works. No. You, you're, you will ping in a metal detector, but you are not magnetic. Yeah, you are not magnetic. They will, they will, you, they, they know that, yeah. They know to scan and the, you're an idiot. <laughs> it had me cackling. It's hilarious. Um, so Lafayette's talking about how, he used to sell V. He used to have the website. He used to do all the sex and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He can't quite do pinpoint the sex. do the sex. Uh, I am a 30-year-old woman, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I promise. Uh, I am married. I have done the, the sex. sex. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have performed the sex. Um, and not just with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have killed. I have killed. I'm dead. Cat. I have killed deceased. Cat. What the, that's enough of that. That's too saucy for this podcast. Oh yeah, we spend we've spent what thirteen episodes talking about how shit the sex is in this fucking <laughs> thing. Um, we're not allowed to talk about the sex on this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> um. I'm just um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm back. Um, it goes uh, from this, so their little <clears throat> discussion about what they've possibly done to have them kidnapped, and then it goes back to Merlots, where Jason has turned down sex from a woman. And turned down the tell- sex. He turned down the sex, telling Hoyt he needs to stay pure for his leadership conference. And that's Hoyt's how that like, works. What's that got to do with anything? My favourite part, though, is, right, this woman is, like, talking to Jason and she's like, oh, you know, you know you want to ride this. And she goes, okay, whatever. Turns to Hoyt. And Hoyt's like, and, uh, deer in headlights. Yeah. But, like, and, and Hoyt, Hoyt has no qualms about the fact that he is now sloppy seconds. But what? <laughs> I don't but think she men says, do, ever. But she, but she says to Hoyt, she's like, I don't teach, I absorb. What the fuck does that mean? I don't teach. I absorb. Is she a molecular cell that's going through osmosis? I don't know. Is she photosynthesizing <laughs> something? Bless you. Bless you. Staying in the podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Bless you. That's, you're welcome to everybody. That is my sneeze. <laughs> um, I I sometimes do about eight of them. And no, wonder, it never feels like an orgasm. So if you if you wonder if we uh, edit these, no, no, <laughs> no, I I cut the front, I put the fucking intro and buffer on, and then I'm done. There was a quick bit in beginning in the beginning of here. So when Kat and I alternate the the starts of this, <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say, and the only thing I have to say is hi, I'm Addie. 
Um, I forgot. Oh, so, how many times has that happened to both of us? <laughs> and we forget who alternates what and oh my god. We, we, a, look, we're getting there. <laughs> we should we should save all of the edits and then just release a <gasps> Oh my god, that'd be so funny. Yes. Um, we'll just sort of like release like a little blooper episode <laughs> of just us like forgetting Being how to shit. Do... Yeah, exactly. And just like <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Um anyway. Um, hang on, I'm trying to catch up to where I'm at. Uh, we're up um, to Andy, who is drunk at the bar, talking to patrons and asking them questions about the murder. That's right. Um, um and no. the patrons and the patrons we've kind of seen before. Um, and they're talking about how, um, maybe it could be um the ghost of Renee and all <laughs> this kind of stuff. I love oh, these Arlene women. Arlene is so sad. Arlene oh. is so sad, but I love these women. They're so fucking unhinged. But as always, we are a Terry Belfleur stand podcast. We are. Terry comes up. He puts some money on the um, on the counters, and he says, "That's paying for your drinks. Get, get the out. fuck out." Yeah, get he says, he, he, "He get out, get out." We don't um, mess with Arlene here. Yeah, we don't. We don't mess with Arlene. Uh, we don't mess with Terry. We stand these two. And their beautiful love that they will eventually have. Yeah. Um, and he, alert, yeah, I mean, he, he kicks, not. he kicks them out um, because he wants to make sure that Arlene has a safe place to work. Yeah, away absolutely. From the yes, because you know, like it's not her fault that her fiance was a serial killer. Like, uh, what has she got to do with it? Yeah, exactly. And these people um, just have no tact. I mean, it's small town mentality. It happens everywhere, I guess. Like, no yeah, passion for fellow human beings. Yeah, exactly. Um. And then we cut back to um... no. Before that, um, Jason and Suki are talking about how he's going away to his conference. Oh, that's right. Uh, and he makes up a lie about what church that he's going to. And then she's like, "Have a good time at church camp. <laughs> Have a good time at church <laughs> she's camp." She's like, "I don't give a shit what you're doing with the money. Just fuck off." Have a good time at church camp. <laughs> um. Yeah, so now we cut to Jess and Bill and he's basically making, like, cocktails for her yeah. out of all of, like, the different like mixing mixes. the blood together. He's like, try this and maybe a little bit of this in there. Yeah, it's it's what I imagine wine tasting is like if I like yeah. wine. <laughs> um, um, what happens after this? Oh, Sookie and Sam are fighting at Merlot's. No, no, no. We cut back to Sam having a flashback. Flashback. It- oh, that's right, yeah. Because um, Marianne is in the shower and Sam is like, excuse me, Sam is planning an escape um, because his virginity was just taken by a weird flashlight. Um, So he's like taking jewellery and things like that. He opens a drawer and finds a drawer full of cash, basically. takes Um, it. And I just have a note here that says, yeah, that's right, steal from the woman who vibrates weirdly. Like she's going to come for you. And she yeah. did. She did. She came back for him. Um, I feel like is does it does she come for him now or does she come yes. back later? Yes. The flashback is actually interrupted by Marianne showing up at the office. <laughs> yeah, because um, Sam had gone to drop something off and at the house, and Carl had said, "Well, she's not here. We'll organize it." Um, yeah. Marianne Marianne shows up and she's like, "I hear you have something for me." Um, and Sam just gets all this cash out of the the safe and drops it at her feet marion opens it and she's like oh you think this is what i want oh boy you think i want your money <laughs> you think i want your money uh alluding to a little something more sinister 
Yes. She tells him uh, her visit has nothing to do with him. Then why are you going dun, to see dun, him? Dun. But anyway. Probably because um, she just likes playing with him. Yeah, well, we do find out that Marianne is that kind of person as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eggs is sitting at the bar, and after ordering a drink, he and Tara make out. That man tried to lick the inside of her brain. Uh, he just went all out with that, didn't he? I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd want you to kiss me. Just I'll hey, look at you. Just, like, the, just people being awkward again. and. <laughs> He did say that tongue went left and then it went right and it went tried to go through her the nostril. Spinal cavity. Yeah. It, yeah. It tried to go through her nostril to her hippocampus. It went through the sinus. Went yeah. past the sinus. Because I tried- learned that sinus is a um it is a cavity in your skull. It's not a tube like I thought it was. Anyway, uh like I said, I'm not a medical he, professional. <laughs> he tried to give her a COVID test. He did. He did. Yes, yuck. That's yuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact: I can stick my tongue up my nose. Show me. Mm-hmm. Ah! Oh my god! You're so talented. I am. I'm very ah, talented. I'm so jealous. I've always, <laughs> I, like I've always wanted. I like sometimes would like push my like. So I I can I can touch, I can touch the tip of my nose. I used to be able to touch so cool. my nose. I can. That's so cool. Mm. Okay, that is cool. All right, everyone, that is really cool. I find that stuff fascinating. Um, anyway. <laughs> Nobody small, just saw me do that. What's that saying about her. small minds? <laughs> small things, small minds. It's okay. My small mind is amused by the fact that I can stick my tongue out my nose and I just. Oh, I, I do it all, all the my... time. It's my fun party trick. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, when a whole bunch of adults are drunk and you say, I can stick my tongue out my nose, you were. They all want to see it. You're immediately the life of the party. <laughs> Damn it, now I need to be that person. Uh, Suki arrives to Bill, Bill's house, and he asks uh, Bill, oh, well, asks Jessica if she can have some alone time with Bill. And um, basically, Bill is talking about everything that she's gone through in the last couple of days and admits basically that she, he is the reason that Uncle Bartlett is dead. Can we talk about how Stephen Moyer is a hottie in this episode? Um, in this season. He is, like... They gave him some colour and yeah. he doesn't look, like, so washed out and he looks really attractive. He's very attractive. He's an attractive man. He's an attractive man, but there is something... Maybe it's the fact he's now a father. <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's daddy vibes. <laughs> he's got daddy energy now. It's like, oh, he's dad, that's all. He's got daddy <laughs> energy. <laughs> um, so back to serious stuff. Bill admits yeah. that he killed Uncle Bartlett because he had hurt Sookie. And Sookie's really disturbed by this because she's just like, you, you can't kill everybody who hurts me. <laughs> yeah. 
And like, honestly, I've got here like Suki, I think you're too like, looking too far into the fact that Bill killed Uncle Bala. Like, like just be just don't even worry about it. It's yeah, fine. Like it's not the fact that like Bill is killing everybody who hurts you. It's Bill killed somebody who molested you as a child. Yeah. There is a difference between somebody who hurts you and somebody who abuses you. Yeah, very different. Like if, yeah. if someone called you a mean name, like hey yeah. four eyes, like don't kill them over that. Yeah, exactly. It's not um, worth so it. So Bill is, like, talking about the fact that he refuses to apologise for the bloodlust that Suki has basically awoken in him and for, like, the first time in, like, 140 years or something like that, he finally feels alive and he has purpose and he loves her and all this kind of stuff. And Suki walks in there with the, like, absolute intention to break up with him. And then Bill goes, I love you, Suki, and her panties dropped. She was like, God damn you, Bill, I love you too. He love bombed her back into submission. She was like, "Oh, Bill, yeah, oh, oh god, oh, oh god, daddy, da- oh god, damn you, daddy, <laughs> damn it, daddy." And then they and then they go and they have sex. On, and yeah. then they have sex. And I've got here. This is the first time I've seen them have any real energy, like any real chemistry, and the yes. sex is still really awkward. It is, um, but it's mm. it's it's got more passion to it. It's actually kind of exciting, and it's and still the nudity really is really good. Yeah, it's not just nudity for nudity's sake. Yeah. It's kind of tasteful and it's like a little oh. bit, I, I hate to say like uh, titillating because. I'm pretty news. sure I saw Stephen Moyer's penis. I don't think you do. Oh. I, I think I did. you do like later in the seasons. When oh, he's, yeah. Like he's when he's like covered in blood and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, but it's it's kind of like this hidden hidden thing and it's all sort of just like. Yeah. It's actually really, really tastefully done. It's not just sex for sex reasons. Um, but also, why would you bite her on white sheets? Mm. Like, rookie error. Maybe he's rich and he can just throw them out and bite and get new ones. Yeah, fair. But, That's like, as, pretty as daddy a, energy. <laughs> it's daddy energy. <laughs> as, as a woman who has bled. Um, I, white sheets, I have, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have just instinctively learned that white sheets are not a thing. Mm-mm. I like the idea of white sheets. They sound lovely. They um, sound absolutely as, lovely. As someone they sound who, like a lot of effort, though. As someone who medically has stopped my my period, yeah, um, I can comfortably sleep on white sheets now. Yeah, but as a same. teenager, I made that mistake like once or twice, and I was like, oh, fuck, that was dumb. Yeah, exactly. Now I've decided that having a period is too much effort. Yeah, I, um, I bought red sheets at this point. Like I had like maroon colored sheets and like dark purple. I was like, good colors, good colors. Good, as good, a good solid choice, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I'm talking about like him biting her because he bites her on the neck. There, yes. they're having they're having sex in like this spooning position. He bites her and then they swap blood. Yes. So he kisses her with a mouthful of her own blood, and I this grosses me out despite the fact that it's her blood. And like I've sucked on her finger that like I you know when you cut I, yourself yeah. or something like, but it just grosses me out. Mm. I don't know. I'm weird. Um, ah, I wasn't faced. <laughs> Not much faces me. <laughs> I'm weird. So we go from the weird blood swapping to Eric getting his hair did. Uh, yes. He's getting a haircut. He's getting, well, he's getting foils. Yes. Um, because we find out who owns the dungeon. Yeah. Eric it's Eric. Owns the um, dungeon Eric in question. Owns the, yeah, Eric owns the dungeon in question. Uh, and Royce is about to get taken upstairs. Yes, um, but Royce has a plan. Royce is a man with a plan. But the thing, the thing that I, that we should bring up is that Eric, 
um, says that they are going to question Royce in regard to his um, involvement in the fire that killed three of their own. Yes. So there's obviously a reason that these people are in the basement. Yes, we have we have some some further insight as to why they're in the basement. Well, he says crimes against vampires are on the rise. Yeah, um, and Nan Funningen has said that uh, yes. earlier in the press conference too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Royce is a man with a plan. Yeah. Um, Eric is taking him upstairs, and Royce hits him with a silver cross straight to the face. Yeah, I don't know where he uh, got that from, or maybe he no, neither. had it in his pocket. Maybe. Maybe it's like um, a, a flask, like a hip flask full of or something. <laughs> maybe. Um, so Eric pulls it out of his oh, face. I and, love it. And Skinner's melting and it's sticking to the cross and Eric is pissed. Oh, yeah. Um, so Eric drags him off the steps. He's throwing him around. He picks him up and he bites into his hip. We know that uh, Royce's hip is magnetic. His ass is magnetic now. And Eric, again, he's bitten into this magnetic hip or he's bitten into the, 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 the metal steel hip. hip. Yep. And, again, there's, like, skin dripping and Eric kind of pulls this bloke apart. He just tears him in half? It kind of reminds me of what you do with a Christmas bonbon. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like how you're waiting for it to like slowly tear as you're like pulling it apart. Yeah. Yeah. And we know this because Lafayette gets splattered in blood and the shadows kind of play out this this very gory scene. Yeah. As a horror fan, this is where True Blood really starts to lean into the horror elements of It is a truly terrifying scene. It is it has got some proper horror elements in it. (laughs) Beautiful. It is great. Uh, and that's where we leave it. Uh, Lafayette's got some blood on his face. He's looking horrified, but he's... What is uh, going to happen to Lafayette? What is going to happen to our boy? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. Yeah. I love that episode for a season starter. I was about to... You 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 beat me to my question. I was about to say, what do you think? I loved it. I, I really... Because I, as, I, as I've said a million times, I love this season. Mm-hmm. And I love the book um that they base this season on and it's just a really interesting insight into um you know like there's a lot of vampire politics there's a lot of religion there's a cult um Mm -hmm. we're introduced to so many new characters new supernatural characters like there's just Mm -hmm. so much going on and you're just like where am i right now what is it gets this is like i said this is definitely where i think the season peaks this uh, the series peaks this season is very much about intra-vampire politics, human vampire politics. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of discussion about humans and vampires in um, monogamous relationships because uh, traditionally vampires aren't necessarily seen as monogamous creatures. No, not really. They're very um, um, polyamorous, if anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we get more into the hierarchy of vampires. We've got these brand-new villains with the... Um, the church, the, the fellowship of the sun, the, the fellowship of the sun. Um, we get to explore Jason more as a character yeah. because he's going, he's going on his own actual um, side arc. So he actually gets established as more of a main character as a and Tara to, as well. Yeah, and Tara as well because now they're going as it's opposed to being side characters or side players in Suki's story. 
Suki sort of becomes a side player in their story. Yeah, and I think I really like that juxtaposition because Suki obviously still has her own arc, but I yeah. love how much they're developing. And they're developing Sam a lot more as well. We're finding more Sam about where becomes, he came from. and Sam becomes really important yeah. in Tara's story and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but they're really fleshing out these other characters as opposed to just having them as, flesh them out where appropriate but now they're sort of giving them actual universes. They're actually yeah. giving them stories. They're actually giving them motivation and purpose. And um, <clears throat> it's going to get really, really interesting to see what happens with all of that. Yeah. I, lo- I Yeah. As always, I, I love this season and I do love season three. Because that's season um, three gets really good as well. With the vampires of New Orleans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do love season three. I love me some fucking Rachel Evan Woods. So, yes, <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I like season season two and three are probably my favorite. I think I like season two more than season three. Oh, yeah, three. me too. But I love um, season three as well. But yeah, this is, this is definitely where it starts to peak. Um, and then unfortunately, it just kind of drops off. Not to say that like season four is bad. But it's, it's just where it, it's just sort yeah. of that's where it starts to taper off and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we leave it for this episode. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week if we don't have, remember to. If I don't have a mental breakdown between <laughs> now and whenever, <laughs> if we remember to like just put the podcast up. Also, that I apologize. I had a lot going on last week. With, We've had a uh, lot going study on study and work and. Oh, I was just like, oh fuck! I didn't, I didn't edit the, I didn't edit, I didn't do anything. What, what I am I about, doing? <laughs> I got a message from Kat being like, so I forgot to edit the podcast I, on I'm a like, Friday morning. Fine. I'm like, that's fine. Don't worry um, about it. <laughs> so we're gonna try and get ahead a couple of episodes that way yeah. we can have somewhat of a schedule. I can't guarantee that'll happen. Maybe. Um, like all good things, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. We have good um, intentions. We have very good intentions. <laughs> Um, tell us about your projects. Tell us about where we can find you, all that jazz. Um, so at the moment, I am just talking shit on my Twitter at catstead underscore. Um, website is launched. Book is well and truly in the typesetting phase and getting proofread. Um, so myself and my incredible co-editor, Violet, have been working on that. And then, yeah, we're due to send it off for publishing in, like, five weeks oh, wow that's i am shitting quickly. myself <laughs> that is coming up quickly yeah it's insane so i'm really looking forward to that uh but yeah you can find all of the information about that at here are scream scream with two m's like i said i'm in a constant battle to try and reclaim my actual twitter handle for the website we'll damn get stock we'll accounts get <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there we're getting there uh, what about you uh, I was going to say, what about your horror podcast that we're Oh, about? yeah, like that's still going. Today I recorded a really cool episode with um, another anthology editor by the name of May Murray. She is doing the 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 Queer Saints horror nice. anthology. So it's nice. really cool. It's about uh, some really cool queer characters. Lots of incredible queer horror writers are on the project. It's really cool. It's coming out in February next year. But we talked about Apostle. So we talked about eco horror and folk folk horror, which is one of my favorite subgenres. So it was Ooh. awesome. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at, uh, at gamer underscore raid, R-A-D-E. And you can catch me at Twitch at the same handle. Um, what are you I, playing? Uh, Mass, we're still playing Mass Effect 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's a pretty big um, game. 
it is a pretty big game. We're going to finish it up shortly, hopefully. We've nice. hit the sort of like you have enough to go and save the universe kind of thing um, that we're nice. just sort of going through. Um, and you can catch us at uh, the at Club Dead Pod. Yes. Is our Twitter. little Twitter handle. Um, you can, you'll also find links to our Discord there where we just Yeah, chat. exactly. We also just in chat. the show notes. You can find our Discord link in the show notes because I put it in the show notes as well. Oh, fabulous. I didn't know we did show notes. I do show notes. <laughs> okay. uh, I just sit here and look pretty. Um, I'm not the brains. Um, it takes me Pat, all of three minutes to do it. Pat is definitely the brains. Um, yeah, so come join us on Discord. Come keep us company. Um, yeah. The the, pod, the the Discord has been kind of quiet lately. because We are just... figuring something out for Halloween, though, we're thinking. Yes, yes. Um, whether it be, like, the the discussion about the um, the intro or something like that, I don't know. We'll figure something out, even yes. if it's just, like, game night on Discord or something. Yeah, like a game night or a Halloween. Like, we can do, like, a spooky trivia or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll do something because um, I don't think we'll be out of lockdown for Halloween. No. <laughs> Which makes me sad because I need to go get spooky decor. Yeah, I have some from last year that I'm going to put up around the house. So no, I need I need something. I, I we know. need a spirit Halloween in Australia. I know that much. Yeah. Anyway, we will um we will see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Adios, at me to say. It's Avita Zen. Shut up, Jim. <laughs>